the Internet's most listened to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and let me tell you what, wow, what a month we had. What a month we had as we celebrated the 15th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. We had so many wonderful celebrations in Washington, D.C. with the AAPD Gala, which I'm so proud to be on the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities, and it was just so wonderful to be there. The person that I was able to introduce, Jeffrey Deaver, many of you may know, a very famous author who wrote the book Bone Collector, which was made into a movie with Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie, is fabulous. You know, if you've not read any of his books or seen that movie, you should, because the lead character has quadriplegia, and that's the great thing about this author. He shows people with disabilities in really dynamic roles, not as a weakling, not as an invalid, not as someone to be taken care of. He is just fantastic. And so I got to see, you know, him there and present the award to him and many others. And then we had the A, we went to the gala afterwards, after the AAPD event. We went to the Dredef gala that was wonderful. And the night before that, I went to the Kennedy Center and we got to hear uh, former President Bush speak and give the George Bush Medal of Honor awards out, one of which was to Congressman Steny Hoyer, who we all love and think so highly of. And it was just so great for him to get that award. So in addition to all of that, what have we been doing? We've had fantastic guests the day of the 15th anniversary of the celebration of the Americans with Disabilities Act. We had Justin Dart's daughter, I Dare Dart, on. And as I said, it has just been an absolutely fabulous, wonderful month with so many wonderful celebrations going on. And that is why we were so excited to keep this ball rolling of enthusiasm that we could start the show off in August with an author who wrote Ramping Up for Profits and the founder of the Access Group and a partner now at Berkshire and Associates. Oh, another very important fact friend of one of our friends and former radio guest, John Kemp. So we're very excited to have with us today on the show, Tim Daly, the president of Access Group. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And how are you today, Tim? Terrific. Uh, as we were talking before, it's a little warm here. Um, just live outside of Washington and Columbia, Maryland. And the humidity, uh, combined with the temperature, it gets to be unbearable this time of year. Oh, I know you have really have hot weather there. And you know what, Tim, when we were talking before about how you know John Kemp, I wanted to just mention something. There was legislation introduced by Senator Kennedy and Senator Roberts. I know a press release went out. I think on July 29th, 
where they're trying to get past the Employer Work Incentive Act for individuals with severe disabilities. Wow. That is phenomenal, and I'll tell you why John Kemp was behind that. Certainly. He was involved with a lot of that. Mm. He is such a great person. Yeah. He yeah. really is. He is a great human being. Those kind of things, and, and he's so down to earth. Yes, he is. He is. He's a good man. Well, Tim, talking about you for a minute, uh, for our listeners, because we have listeners across the United States and other parts of the world, how did you first get involved in the disability community? Well, I've been, just putting in perspective, been disabled for 39 years. Uh, certainly not, disability is not new. Um, I have a rare inherited neuromuscular disorder called uh, pedrocytopsia, and it manifests itself in terms of poor balance and poor coordination. Um, then, and all the while disabled, uh, I worked in computer software sales, and I was in sales and marketing of computer software for like 30 years, and traveling extensively throughout North America all the while. And I think that's really kind of the basis of it because I had the opportunity to learn firsthand about what it's like being disabled and, and for a company to be disability friendly. Mm-hmm. And then in 19, late 1994, early 95, I had a series of heart attacks because I have a neuromuscular problem and the heart's just a muscle. And, uh, uh, I went through open heart surgery early in '95. Uh, then, after the recoup and rehab, went on hundreds of interviews, and and uh, I felt like, and I got, I did get a couple offers that were the burgers or whatever, and I really wasn't interested in doing that. So, I I felt that employers could not see potential employers could not see past my scooter. And I felt like finally I'd just do it myself. So uh, then I began doing travel for, I had a travel agency doing travel for people with disabilities. And then uh, in the late 1999, early 2000, I changed the focus of the company and expanded it, if you will, to doing what I do now. And I wrote a book about being disability friendly and the Financial economic impact on a company when they don't pay attention to people that have disabilities. Yeah. Yeah, you know, isn't that a shame? How many people do I talk to that say they end up going into their own business? Yeah. I mean, people with significant disabilities, how many of them do this? Yeah, because I got so tired and frustrated of, banging my head against the wall, if you will, uh, and trying to convince somebody that I was able to do it, do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, you were saying that you had this disability for 39 years, so you had this as from a young person on? Well, I'm no, I'm not exactly a young person. Well, I had to have had the genes, okay, because it's hereditary. So I had the genes, but it did manifest itself. And uh, until I was like 20, mm-hmm. uh, I'm uh, 60 years old now. So I started seeing, I look back and things when I was 18 or 19, I see that were that kind of attributed to the disorder, mm-hmm. but I couldn't see it then. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I was uh, probably when I was 21, I was totally incapacitated. I mean, insofar as I use a scooter, I get around, but I'm totally incapacitated as far as walking goes and mobility. And that's when you start seeing what the world was like when you were looking for employment. Well, at that point, no, because I got into uh, old computer software sales, and then I realized, and thank goodness for a boss who was, at that time, he's long since passed away, but at that time he was much older and wiser than me. And uh, he helped me to see that my disability could work for me or against me, and it was all up to me. And I had to educate people. And so I did that for in the computer software sales arena for 30 years before starting my own company. Well, you had a uh, good boss, the person that taught you that. Yes. Well, tell me, when did you found the Access Group then, and how how did that happen? Well, the Access Group, as uh, the entity, actually absorbed, if you will, my initial uh, thrust uh, business-wise was as my own company, was uh, access travel, and I did travel for people with disabilities. Then in 2000, I just expanded that to say, call it the access group, and access travel was part of that. I could maintain the legalities of the name change at that point. And if I wanted to go back to travel, which I enjoyed, I would be able to do that. But uh, I found uh, shortly thereafter there was no way I had enough time to do travel and this speaking, training, and consulting. So uh, I dissolved the travel company, sold the customer base, and and uh, uh, just do what I do now, that's writing and speaking and training. And when was that again? When did you found the Access Group? Uh, uh, in 2000. All right, well, why don't you tell our listeners, what is the Access Group? What all do you do? Well, basically, um, I do, I guess, the training, speaking, and consulting to companies or organizations about why to be disability-friendly. And I address, I felt strongly that the how is, often associated with why. And if you can answer the why, why do it, then the hows are, you know, 90% of the hows are answered because it's common sense. And and to see beyond the current situation and seeing beyond erroneous beliefs and making assumptions and, and about what I can do or can't do. And people with all types of disabilities making assumptions about them. And that has kept me more than a little busy. Uh, and I write several articles and then, and I wrote the book, uh, to open the minds of employers as to what I can do, what they can do for themselves, uh, by embracing people with disabilities. Well that's wonderful. Now when, when did you write the book? When did you do that? Uh, I started it in 2001. The first edition, if you will, came out in 2002. And then 
I made a lot of edits and enhancement to it, enhancements, and it came out in 2004. And how can our listeners purchase that book? Well, it's it's right now on my website, uh, which is www.accessgroup, one word, and then it's dash, and that's a dash, not underscore, dashmd.com. And uh, I put it on my website initially, many... Uh, several bookstores were interested in carrying it, but I'd end up giving up a huge percentage, huge percentage. So then when I got done, I got very little, and I felt the audience was specific, very specific to this area as far as improving performance in the workplace. Well, listen, you hold on with that thought. We're talking to author and president. Tim Daly, president of the Access Group and author of Ramping Up for Profits. We'll be right back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be back. The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Have you put down the morning paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgott-Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. 
We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation. So join us for the Ember Reichgott Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to our show, and we're starting off the month of August with our guest, Tim Daly, president of the Access Group and author of Ramping Up for Profits. And one more time, Tim, just so they know, could you give our guest your website again if they want to purchase that book. Sure, it's www.accessgroup, one word, A-C-C-E-S-S-G-R-O-U-P, and then dash M-D, and that's a dash, not an underscore, and then dot com. So it's www.accessgroup-md.com. Okay. And, Tim, uh, you are also a partner at Berkshire & Associates, is that right? Correct. Okay, yeah. now, now what, do, what do you do there? Well, I, and we're expanding this area. Uh, Berkshire has been a long-time player in the HR community in terms of affirmative action and training programs for HR people and doing diversity. And this area, if you will, being uh, disability-friendly fits in very nicely with what they're doing, the message they're getting out there. Mm-hmm. They're a big national HR firm. So basically this, uh, you know, as they get demands from their existing customers, uh, and this has become a growing area of interest of disability awareness and how to be disability friendly. Uh, as their customers come to them, uh, they send them to me and we do joint uh, diversity programs. Uh, we're, we're talking about and we're, we're planning on the nearly, uh, uh, early spring, I guess it is, and setting up, uh, specific training programs for large companies. On, so part, on your disability awareness and training. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just trying to get the word out. Well, I know one thing, Tim. I read some of your articles and, you know, some excerpts from your site. And you, like me, you're all about attitudinal barriers that you're trying to change. What I wanted to ask you is, in your opinion, what do you attribute to the current attitudinal barriers that prevent people with disabilities from gaining competitive employment? I I think it's very simple, not easy, uh, but simple. Uh, It's just erroneous beliefs. Uh, people have beliefs regards to people with disabilities that you, they make assumptions based on that. That they, it's just a lack of understanding. I guess all the years I've had a disability, I've only met one person I thought that was out to be asking no matter what. Mm-hmm. Now I've had a number of, uh, situations that have arisen over the years, but it was, I just felt like a lack of understanding. And consequently, I think it's an educational process. Once they understand where I'm coming from, uh, I don't have a problem. 
What do you think some of those misunderstandings are? Well, it's a mis- the biggest one, of course, is a misunderstanding of feeling that because you have a disability in one area, it carries over to other areas, and you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything of value. And, and uh, teaching them that just is not true. And they have to think outside of the box. They think of reasonable accommodations costing a small portion, and that just is not true. And, you know, you can simple adjustments that cost absolutely nothing uh, can be a huge springboard for you. Mm-hmm. So just seeing, I think, stepping stones as, uh, I mean, a uh, stumbling box of stepping stones is a huge thing. To see opportunities, not just cost and obstacles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's primarily an education thing, and when they can relate to a person with a disability, just like any member of their family, their grandmother or grandfather or parent or friend or somebody has a disability, and they've never thought of the little things, how they can make a big difference. Yeah. Now, that lack of understanding that you're talking about, which requires education, where do you think we need to start with that? Well, and I, I think it's primarily from a business standpoint that people make If people might tell them if people make decisions to overcome some feelings of social moral obligation, if they have those feelings and it does that for them, that's fine. But know their personal reasons. And personal reasons seldom last. Mm-hmm. But the only reasons that will last are sound economic reasons based in common sense. So once they understand uh, the common sense reasons for doing things and, and, and disability generally, that, then I guess my experience is they're more willing to try. Yes, right. You've got to start at a young age. Don't you think that? Yes, definitely, definitely. And I guess my experience is the older audiences you have to get that message to. Younger audiences are much more receptive to that message. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, the younger the younger the better chance you have. Yeah. That's my opinion. For sure. Well, listen, Tim. People with significant disabilities are the largest unemployed group in this country. And yet, when you go say that to companies, how often do they say to me, really? Well, Joyce, I never see them. They never apply. Um, If they would apply, I would hire them. But, you know, uh, Joyce, I've never interviewed a person who was blind, deaf, or in a wheelchair. We didn't have anyone send in their resumes. What do you say to someone when they say that? Well, I think it's easy. They, I guess an employer doesn't see them because they probably don't even get to the first couple Cycles of interviews, if you will, and again because they're making assumptions that somebody they have already concluded that someone with a certain type of disability can't do the job, mm. and and they probably can if they put their mind and thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just a closed mind way of thinking. They the I guess the feeling that they are doing the right thing and they are really trying, and, but they're really missing the boat. They're still basing everything they do on assumptions that are based on erroneous beliefs. 
Yeah. Yeah, myths. Myths that they have. Yeah. Another thing I often tell people is, of course, just like me, I have epilepsy. They forget that there are people that, that they have met that do not have a visible disability. It's just they never think about that. And yeah. I agree with you on the rest of it. They don't meet the person because the person doesn't get past the gatekeeper. Yeah. And, and, and I guess I like I tell a number of stories and talks about this very thing, assuming someone can't do something, and then finding out that not only can they do it, but they can do it a lot better than most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. right, right. Well, that is a hard thing to get across to a lot of people, but we got to keep working on it. Exactly. So, let me ask you, Tim, what caused you to write that book? I mean, a lot of people have a lot of passion and a lot of ideas, but it really takes a lot to be so compelled about a point, so, you know, passionate about something that you would write a book about it. What made you do that? What well, made you I, write that book? Yeah, I think that that passion came from the fact that I lived it and observed it for 39 years, and I, I know personally what it did to me or for me, and I felt that others should have that opportunity. I should see it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to... I guess, and having been in the business arena, if you will, for a lot of years, I wanted people, I wanted to see disability taken out of the realm of uh, a feel-good type of, I guess, subject of conversation into the realm of common sense and business uh, principles. Mm-hmm. Because then it lasts. Right. Yes. Well, what was your initial uh, response when the book came out? Uh, I guess uh, um, not much. I uh, it uh, did not just take off because I think the awareness of this uh, visibility of disability issues and the points I'm making that window of opportunity has just really started to open. I think before people were mouthing a lot of uh, uh, the right words, but I didn't see a whole lot of action. And uh, now I see a lot of action. Oh, that's We're good. not there, but we're certainly starting to make inroads. Very good. Excellent. Well, with, when we come back from this, we'll talk a little bit more about this book. And we're going to give you some questions if we have questions from our listeners. We'll be right back. We're talking to Tim Daly, the author of Ramping Up for Profits and the president of the Access Group. You're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com 
At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or her guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show, and we're talking to Tim Daly, the president of Access Group and the author of Ramping Up for Profits which I love that whole title. And I guess you're trying to get across to the business community, Tim, that, you know, also when there is a big market out there with the disability community. Exactly. Now, I know there's one company that heard about you and, and is bringing you out. You want to talk about Starbucks for a minute? Well, I guess it was just very flattering to me because uh, in my book I, and, and talks I talk about uh, an instance that I experienced at our Starbucks coffee place and was like to try to carry a cup of coffee and a hot liquid uh, in your lap when you have when you're riding a scooter only to hit a little bump in the rug or something and uh, spill it all over and uh, just a little thing they did for me where they the guy offered and I said nothing but he offered to carry it out to my van for me and I say that old transaction and interaction where he went out front and he was out of the store, if you will, it took uh, 15, 20 seconds. But 
And I said, and I knew in another three seconds he forgot all about it. But I didn't forget about it. I'm still talking about it, and I've told that story to tens of thousands. And I put it in my book. And anyway, uh, I was contacted uh, a few weeks ago from Cervix Corporate, and as a result, I'm going out there to talk to him about disability issues. How about that? All from that book that you wrote? Yes. And from that one story and taking time to say thank you. Right. On a story, right? Exactly. Yes. Well, listen, let's go to our some of our listeners here. One is from Kansas, from a TED, and the question is, uh, Mr. Daly, congratulations on how successful you have been in your career. The question I have for you is, how did you first deal with acquiring a disability? <laughs> that uh, is interesting because that turned my life around, if you will. I was in my early 20s, and I was selling computer software, and I had a boss who was a friend and a mentor and much older and so forth. And part of our, a major part of our sales process was a presentation, a multi, a three, a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour presentation. Uh, and I would give the presentation, and one of the aspects of my disorder is, and I was not using a scooter then, and it was, in many ways, a hidden disability at that point. It was not as readily physically apparent as it is now. And uh, so the uh, I, in the first year in sales, I had sold absolutely nothing. And uh, I was getting, I was concerned, the company was concerned, my boss was concerned. So I went to my boss and and talked about my concerns. And he said, well, I understand the neuromuscular problem, and I don't have a problem with that. But since the uh, presentation is so crucial, he said, I'll do a couple. You take notes. You do a couple. I'll take notes. We'll have and compare notes. And we did. And when we were having dinner, and his comment to me, his first comment was, Tim, I see exactly what's happening. I, they are sitting there and they think you're drunk because you're slurring some words. And all the audience can think about is how much he drank and what did he drink before coming in here. And so we devised an approach. Now, all these people were aware of the disability before this, but I would start carrying a, cane, a quad cane. I would talk about the disability for like three minutes. I would just hold it up and I'd say, I'd like to explain this. And now everyone in the audience could relate because they had a brother or sister or mother or father or something, someone that had a disability. And they started paying attention to what I was saying. And and then the next year I sold $10 million worth of computer software. So the point and we looked at it many times, and I had not changed. The pricing had not changed. The product had not changed. The only thing that had changed was their perception of me. Mm-hmm. And once I clarified the perception, you know, it was not a big deal. How about that? Then Maybe. I found it could work for me or against me, and it was all up to me. How about that? Well, we have a question for you from Alinda in Ithaca. 
And the question is this. Uh, Tim, when you acquired this disability in your life, how did your family react? I guess if they reacted like I reacted, that it was no big thing. I think if I reacted that it was a big deal, then they would have reacted that way. I can specifically remember as my son was growing up and he and I playing ball and I could stand, but I did not have the coordinations in my coordination in my hands to catch the ball. And, and that never bothered him. And I think it didn't bother him because it, it didn't bother me. And I was just persistent, just kept picking it up and throwing it back. Oh, that is awesome. Well, now that is the way it's supposed to be right there. Yeah. That is the way that it's supposed to be. Well, <clears throat> we'll take a few more questions if we have time later on. But, Tim, I wanted to ask you a question of my own. You know, I read something you said on the website where you stated, you know, that there's a trillion dollars in spending monies from the disability community. I know that's true. Um, and that is a phenomenal amount of money. Now, you have to wonder, why the heck isn't that waking up the business world? Yeah. Well, and I just tend to think it's not personalized enough. That's a big number out there. And they don't relate that number to them and their experiences, and when it's brought home to them, not only from a business standpoint, but they can relate to someone in their family, uh, then it's more personal and they can understand it more. Do you talk about that at all in your book? Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, and I just that understanding the education thing and understanding that it's not the end of the world. I can't well, contribute. Right, that is so true. Well, another question for you right here from Pennsylvania from Larry is, Tim, why is it when you talk to the business community about the monies available from the disability world that often the question is asked, how is that possible if the majority of people are unemployed? That's interesting. And I guess uh, interesting then that just last week I had a presentation for with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, and and they're all business people. And again, it's one I think when it's brought down to their particular business, when they understand on a personal basis, then it becomes a different ball game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like presenting them with huge numbers, and they can't relate to those numbers. Uh, they can't relate to a trillion dollars a year, even though it may be true. You know, and, and, and you, but you put it on a personal basis, the ball game has just changed. Right. Well, Tim, you seem to have a lot of confidence and you were determined to be successful no matter what. What, what do you attribute to that? Well, I think, uh, certainly, uh, I talk about having beliefs and values, and I think that's the key to everybody's life, whether disability or not disabled. And uh, uh, I think, you know, my parents instilled those in me, and uh, educational-wise, I had those values reinforced. And uh, uh, I I guess early on in my sales career, as I really did, I could 
see they could work for me and go for it. And that was just the philosophy I learned as a little kid. So as we were talking about before, I think the education and understanding of younger people is critical. Right. Isn't that the truth? And, Tim, you know, do you think that we are doing a good job here in the disability community to get young leaders moving forward? I don't. Um, I, my personal belief is that uh, the more I do uh, and the more visible I am, the more we can overcome that. And I, will, I personally would like to see more people with, more, with disabilities step up in the uh, uh, non-disability community. I would like to see, like I'm a member of Rotary, and, and one of the things in Rotary is the other members now, that at first, I, I suspect at first from reactions, that they were unsure how to interact with me. But that's, and in a year's time, that's all changed. You well, know, that is Rotary. phenomenal. You mean at the Rotary Club? Now, how did you get them to accept you? What did you do? Well, I don't think it did anything in particular. They just saw that I was a person like everybody else. And maybe some assumptions, I've talked to a couple of them, I know that their assumptions were based on beliefs of 40 or 50 years ago of people with disabilities. And, and they were intellectualizing and seeing people with disabilities in terms of a medical model, if you will, rather than seeing and now they do, see people with disabilities in terms of being employees and consumers, just like them. And you know, I'm, I'm, really gl- I'm really glad you said that, Tim, because I do think that's part of our problem. I think that we have to get away from this, seeing people as a medical model, or, or, or because when they do, they'll see us as a bunch of sick people. Yeah, exactly. And if you see... The disability community is a bunch of sick people. Why the heck would you ever hire them? Exactly. Uh, We really need to get away from that. That's why um, I really like this one reporter in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Jim McKay. Every time he writes an article about our company or about the disability community, he puts it in the business section, not in the health section. Exactly. And, And I think that is so important, and obviously you were successful in getting getting them to see you that way, and I think that's good for all of our listeners to hear that, you know, it's good to be involved in all different types of groups. Yeah, it really is. It really is, because that's how you're going to make a difference. And we're going to take our last break here. We have had on our show today Tim Daly, but we'll be right back with him. He is the author of Ramping Up for Profits and the president of the Access Group. This is Joyce Bender. You're listening to The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. 
At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. My name is Maxine Thompson, and I am America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. In today's world, it's hard to find the truth with anything. Is there such a thing as the truth? Where and how can I find it? Will someone just give it to me straight? Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific for Mario's Verdad, an exciting new show that will give it to you straight every time and tackle the truth behind everything from political issues and crime to vocational and career counseling. So log on and tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to our show. And we have been talking to Tim Daly, the author of Ramping Up for Profits and the founder and president of the Access Group. And, Tim, uh, one of our listeners wanted to know, do you speak? You're you're a motivational speaker, is that correct? Yes. Okay, and do, how do they reach you if they want to engage you in a uh, speaking arrangement? I think, uh, the well, the best, but the way we've been doing it thus far is through my website, and I get back to people right away. Okay, you want to repeat it one more time? Yes, yeah, w- www.accessgroup, one word, A-C-C-E-S-S-G-R-O-U-P, one word, then a dash, and that's a dash on underscore dash md dot com. So it really reads. The total thing would be www.accessgroup-md.com. Okay. All right. And, Tim, uh, you've done so many things. You've done so much in your life. You've been very successful in so many areas. But if you had to pick one thing, what would it be that you feel is your greatest accomplishment? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I thought about that. I think a couple things. One is is uh, getting the uh, people to 
hear this message, but the biggest thing was the distinguished alumni were that I got from my university and the words that they used when they gave me that award and then the achiever of the year. And, and they were focused on, I guess, and, and I always remembered, and, and the president said, it's a privilege to know Tim. He has taught me so much about disabilities. I no longer fear losing mobility. I fear those that are frightened by those with a disability. And to me, that said everything. Wow. That's a great statement. Which school is that from? Uh, Willing Jesuit University. Willing Jesuit University. That is a great statement. Well, congratulations to you, you also, Tim. Thank you. But that is really something to be proud of and a great statement. Now, I know you've also had many obstacles in your life, as many of our listeners have had. But it, what was for you your biggest obstacle to overcome in your life, Tim? That's easy. The attitudinal barriers. Mm. The belief that just because I'm disabled in one area, I could not perform effectively in other areas. And having to prove that repeatedly. Okay, now if you're listening to the show right now, I think what's important to note is that Tim's answer was not, oh, my biggest obstacle was that I acquired this disability. Yeah. If you notice, he said that's easy. It's the attitudinal barriers. Yeah. How profound and how true. Because isn't it that way for many of us, you know, Okay, I have epilepsy, and I'm living with it, and I'm dealing with it. But it is the attitude people have about epilepsy that really is the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly. That is so true, Tim. So true. And by the way, what, what do you feel has, have you used humor, or what have you used the most to deal with that? Oh, you know, yeah. when people say stupid things to you which I'm sure they have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know. Uh, we, we could have a sitcom TV show about these things. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've thought of a few of those. But at any rate, yeah, I think it's just humor. Uh, just making a light of it. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter what they say, what no matter what anybody else says, it's really not going to change the situation. The only thing that can change the situation is me. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that, and knowing my approach to it, so if somebody gets obnoxious or whatever, I'll go the other way. I'll just sidestep it mm-hmm. and leave. Uh, uh, if they wish to make a jerk of themselves, other people can conclude that for themselves. They don't need me to do that. Right. I always tell people, remember, no one can make a fool out of you. Yeah. No one. That is the person who's acting like a fool who does that. But they cannot make a fool out of you. You are who you are and should be proud of who you are and believe in who you are and ignore people that are of that low mentality. Yeah. Don't you agree, Tim? Definitely. Yeah, I think the, the key from the standpoint of someone that has a disability is self esteem. Self-confidence and, and just uncomfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. Self-esteem and self-confidence. That's yeah. true. And that's and that, not, that has I, to start at a young age, too. Yes. And I really, that sales story before, that, that turned my life around, and that's exactly what it gave. I said it changed their perception of me 
But more importantly, the thing that also has changed was my perception of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gave me a self-confidence. Right. To believe in yourself. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and you, and again, remember, you are the person that talks in that head of yours when you're hearing, I can do it, no, I can't. That's you saying that. So, you know, you, you have to remember, you have to start saying, yes, I can, not no, I can't. And when people try to lower the bar for you, you have to say, sorry, no yeah. pity, no pity. I'm not exactly. a sick person. I'm a person with a disability and raise the bar as high as you want it to be. Yes. Look uh, at Tim. You know, he couldn't find employment and he ended up becoming a successful entrepreneur and an author. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey, uh, and 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 one I've thoroughly enjoyed. Well, that's good. And Tim, I hope you will keep in touch with us on the show because our listeners always like to hear what happens. Maybe we can talk to you next year, and you can tell us what happened after you went out to Starbucks. Super, love to. That that would love be great. To. But I wanted to ask you, Tim, do you have a message that you would like to leave with our listeners today? I guess don't assume whether you have a disability or do not have a disability. Assumption uh, always leads to uh, uh, misunderstandings. And uh, I guess uh, and those assumptions can hurt you as a person if you have a disability. They can hurt you as a company if you assume a person with a disability can't do something. Uh, and and you really need to understand those assumptions. Are they based on fact or are they based on some erroneous belief that's long outdated and probably was never true to begin with? Yes. Yeah, so that can be for the employer and the individual. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the individual, don't make, you know, when people say to you, oh, you won't be able to do it, you can't make it, you won't be able to do it, don't assume that's correct. Exactly. Don't exactly. assume that because you have a specific disability, this means you won't be able to do all these things. Exactly. But as Tim said, at the same time, if you're an employer, don't assume because they have a disability, they are so limited. And and I guess one of the big things I enjoy and, and audiences seem to enjoy is I'll talk about loyalty versus customer service and why loyalty is so important important from an employment standpoint, but also from a customer standpoint. So it's a two-edged sword. And by a disability, you can spend a lot less and make a lot more. Mm-hmm. And and once that gets through to business people, they'll respond. Well, yeah, because obviously if you own a company and you want to have great customer service, you need people that are there that can talk to the customer. Exactly. You need people that are going to be at work every day and appreciate employment. Exactly. Well, with that, we're going to end the show. But before we do, Tim, I always end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader or someone working to help people with disabilities, as so many are. And today, the quote is from Senator Ted Kennedy, who just introduced this wonderful Employer Work Incentive Act with Senator Roberts and said, 
remember, remember individuals with disabilities deserve the dignity and satisfaction that comes from earning a living wage. How true, how true. Tim, thank you for being on the show. I look forward to seeing all of you and talking to you next week. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.